our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello and welcome to Girls That Invest. Today's Thursday, which means we're bringing you Girls That Business, a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven-figure side hustle because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a seven-figure business owner, and with me is Maya, an entrepreneur in the making. Now today we are doing part two of how to use Instagram to make money. Last week was part one where we dived into a number of topics including how to work the algorithm, how to know what trends are important, what kind of content style works, and quite importantly, how to not run out of content. Today, we're going to be diving into a little bit more about how to use Instagram and social media in general to grow your business, whether you've started or it's just an idea in the making. But before we get into it, hello, Maya, how have you been? Kia ora, Sim. I have been well, thank you. How have you been? You know what? I've been good. I have like kind of fallen off the bandwagon of like walking and exercising and going to the gym. So I like every evening I'm like today I'm going to go to the gym. Today I'm going to go to my classes because I like sign up to classes. Is that your spin class? Yeah, my spin classes. And then the time like creeps up and I'm like, I can't do it. I don't want to face the fact that I don't have any cardio left in me after like three months of not going. Yeah, it's it's pretty daunting. I just started going back to the gym after like six six months of inconsistently going to start off with. But I did go to a spin class inspired by you and I really enjoyed it. So we can do it together. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Les Mills spin. I went to a lunchtime one like a true fitspo gal. <laughs> I love that. Do you ever like go to classes in the middle of the day and go like, why are you all here? Like, shouldn't you guys be at work? No, I was late because there was no parking. I had to do a lap around the block to find parking. It was that busy. Yeah. Interesting. Well, besides starting up a spin class business by the sounds of it, we are talking today about how to use Instagram, social media in general to help grow your business and I think if there's one thing, I said this last week, but I'll say it again. If there's one thing I know I'm good at, it's this. So please, Maya, use and ask as many personal intruding questions as possible that you want to know so that when you start your business, you're just like on the ground running. Perfect. Thank you. And I will. And I will start with 
if you were starting today, what would you do? If I was starting out today and I had no followers on Instagram or TikTok, this is what I would do for Instagram specifically. I would come up with a name that did not have any dots or underscores. Like if I was called girls that invest, it would be girls that invest, not girls underscore that underscore invest. And that is because if if someone searches you up on Instagram, the underscores make it really hard for Instagram to recommend you as a search. So if they type in like invest, girls that invest is more likely to come up than girls underscore that underscore invest. Does that make sense? Mm, That's really good to know. I didn't know Yeah, so that was a mistake I made with my first business that was the underscore Indian underscore feminist where we didn't rank very high because we had underscores. And so we really had to grow the account without like that search functionality. So that would be the first thing I would do. The second thing is the picture I would use if it was a brand, I would use just like the first letter of the logo, if our company was called like, I don't know, sassycakes.com, I would just like take the S of it and make that the logo. It just looks cleaner. It's easier. If you're trying to fit a whole word into that Instagram logo, it's just so hard for people to read and it just kind of puts them off it. You could also do a person's face, but then you're not sure if this is a person or a company. So you've also got to take that into account. And then when it comes to creating content, what I would do is I would find three people in that industry that I'm in. So if I'm making cakes or in your case, if I'm starting like a health, overall holistic health kind of business, I would look at what are three to five people in my niche or niche if you're American. If you're wrong. (laughs) if you're wrong (laughs) and what are they doing that I really like and I would make like a table for each one of them on a piece of paper with like things they're doing well and things they could do better and you might go oh like you know for people that are in the food making space they you know don't do a lot of videos but they do a lot of like lives and they have a lot of engagement with their community via that way and so you'd go okay I'm going to do that too but they're not making videos. So that's an untapped area. So I'm going to make sure that I make a lot of videos. And so you're going to not copy them, but you're going to take ideas from the good things that they do and apply them. Inspiration. Exactly. So that would be step one. Step two, this is a little bit cheeky, is going and commenting on their posts every time they post with something that is constructive, not just like, this is wrong, but just like in support, like this is such a great post or like louder for the people in the back or just like a heart so that people that enjoy and follow their content might look at the comments and go, oh, here's another brand that does what this brand does. Let me go follow them. And when they click on your brand, if you have a good bio, if you have a couple of posts, they're going to go, hmm, this is something I could get behind and they're going to follow you. And so That was one of the ways that I would grow Girls That Invest. I would comment and engage and like and reply to stories of people that were already in that niche. And then eventually it's like this Girls That Invest account keeps popping up. Who are they? And that would entice people's, you know, curiosity. Mm. So those would kind of be the things that I would do first. And then when it comes to creating content, if you listen back to last week's episode, we dive into actually how to make good content. 
But once you have that content and you're being social and you're replying to stories and you're replying to comments, you will be good. I once made the mistake of like what I used to do is I would jump on Instagram and like for the first 20 posts that I would see on my For You page or my dashboard on Instagram through the Girls That Invest account, I would just go through and like leave a comment, leave a like, leave a story. And once I accidentally made the mistake of not reading what I was like responding to and I left like a, oh no, this is so great, like hands up and like heart. Was it a sad post? No, no, I wasn't, I wasn't stupid, (laughs) but it was like a post of someone sharing a screenshot of like someone now that I think about it, I should not have gotten involved. But it just looked like she had proven someone wrong. She was a business owner and she put up a post of that other person, like, apologizing to them. Oh. And then I get a voice note from, like, a very prominent <laughs> figure who messages me and goes, oh, girl, you do not want to be supporting that girl that you left that comment on. Like, do you know what happened? Like, she did something really terrible, like, really cheeky in business. Like, she basically pretended to be someone else, pretended to be – like a news reporter. Long story short, she was like, if I was you, I would delete that comment. And I was like, I'm going to delete that comment. <laughs> you almost entered into a rivalry. I just supported the wrong person and that was my mistake. So don't do that. But the idea is you're jumping on every day and for 10 minutes or just whenever you get a chance, if you're on the loo and you've got like a spare few minutes, just like jump on and leave a couple of comments and that will really help. Especially when you're on the toilet. Is that when you have your spare minutes, Sim? I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) I really like that. And I didn't know. Well, I've spoken to you a few times about this. And we haven't talked this far into Instagram and businesses. So that is something that I'm going to do. I'll say this weekend. I was going to say when. I'll, I'll commit to it this weekend. And then we can come back and I'll let you guys know how it goes. Okay, I love that. But yeah, those would be the first steps I would take. So you've got your content, you're around and about on socials, and that really is it. Like that is how you slowly grow. I still remember like 10 people followed Girls That Invest on Instagram. Three of them I knew, like it was so embarrassing. But I would still post every day and I would still keep going. And eventually, as long as the content's good and it's new and it's interesting and it's disruptive, you'll grow. Do you have a set amount of posts or content that people should be putting out a week per day? Like, I think some people think that there's a sweet spot if I post three reels a week and one static post every day, that'll create traction. What do you, what do you do? The truth is that the difference between making five static posts a week and one reel or the other way around Like it's not going to make a huge difference. The only thing that's important is actually just getting content up. So if you find it easier to make static content, what we mean by that is like making a tweet, putting a background behind it and then turning it into an Instagram post as we are so like well known to do because tweets do really, really well, then just do that and then make a reel once a week if that's all you can do. And That was how we grew. I would make a post every single day. I would post it at the exact same time. A lot of our community is scattered around the world and I found that posts would always do really well at nine o'clock. So that was maybe the only thing where 
I was trying to be strategic around timing mm-hmm. that we always post at nine o'clock, but posting every single day so that you're just always there. Like you're just consistently always there. It's not like, you know, your community just goes about their day and it's like on a random Tuesday, they're like, oh, she's back. Mm. Like you want to be reliable. So it doesn't matter if it's easier for reels or for static posts or carousels, but just get something out once a day. When we were really pushing, we used to do two or three posts a day. Now that Instagram is kind of dying down a bit and there's less posts in general, we've gone back to one post a day because two or three posts a day would probably mean on someone's dashboard that they would see our posts back to back Mm. and I don't want to do that. So we've reeled it in. Okay. And do you have... I think it was either the first or the second episode when we were talking about TikTok, you said to be consistent for three months and then see how that goes. Would you say that rule applies with Instagram as well? I think Instagram is slower, so give it longer. Okay. Give it like six months. Okay. So six months posting consistently. Six months posting consistently will give you enough data to look at, okay, what are the most liked posts in the last six months? What are the least liked posts in the last six months? And therefore, what more do I do and what kind of posts do I do less of? Okay. And so what do you think are the top three basics that content creators, business owners need to know about making money on Instagram? I think the top three basic things to know, the first would have to be the more personal stuff you put out, not like dirty laundry, but more like your thoughts, vulnerabilities, your feelings, the more receptive people will be to you. If you think about your favorite brands, often they have like a face to them. So it's not like on Instagram, you might love like, I don't know, Adidas or Adidas, depending on how you say it, but you don't have a face to that brand. And so they will pay good money to have athletes face their brand. Beyonce. Beyonce. (laughs) But if you think about, you know, the millennial or Gen Z brands that are doing really well, they're doing well because they have a face to it. Like, you know, their CEO, she's jumping on the stories and being like, this is the product. This is what we're doing this week. Follow me behind the scenes. And you just get so much more of a feel for a company. And nowadays, people don't want to shop from a faceless, nameless, cold brand. They want to put their money into that artist whose apartment they've seen and they've watched her, you know, package the orders and share a story. They've watched her on a time lapse of her, like, you know, dusting off the shelves. Like, that's the kind of people you buy from because you just fall in love with their story. And so the more you put yourself out there, the better you will do. I hope that makes sense for the first one. Yes, yes. So creating that relationship between you and your community so that when you have something to sell, you have a service, you have a product, people are more likely to get it because they want to support you. Yes. Number two is name the community, like give it a name. You've heard of like, and I think we might have touched on this already, But if you give a community a name, oh my goodness, like even if you just call it like the community, if you'll be like, hey, so I was thinking how should I help the community today? This is what I'm going to do. Or like, hey, I like ran into one of our community members like in the street. Even if the community is five people and God, like I remember when it used to be, you still want to call it like a collective and remind people that they're part of something 
we do so much better and we're so much more engaged when we feel like this is a space, this is a comment section, this is an account where I belong, there are people that have similar interests to me and that similar interest is, you know, whatever your brand is standing for. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it, from local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple, increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. I definitely relate to that because I'm a sucker for a story. I think I've already said that before. And as an Indigenous person, I'm also a sucker for community. And I think online where it can be a very, very positive space you find a lot of community being online where you might not necessarily find that where you physically are. So I think that's a really good, really good point to bring up and to remind people. It honestly just comes down to, are you like providing value to your community? And if that value is making them feel like they're part of something, teaching them something, making them feel good, like, of course, they're going to be interested in sticking around. But If it's just like you sharing your experience or things that make you happy and no one else is benefiting from it or you're kind of like, you know, showing off and making people feel bad or telling them that they're wrong or like, here are the five mistakes you make when you do this. Like, you're just not going to have people stick around for a long time. So that's been really helpful. The strong community feel that, again, takes years to build is so great because when it comes to maybe changing directions in your business or when it comes to even asking questions of where do I take the business next, this community feels somewhat like a part of it or that their opinion matters as if they're like, you know, in this meeting with you with the board of directors. And when you have that kind of relationship, it's amazing. Like I really... Whenever I don't know what to do, I put an Instagram story up and I ask the Instagram community like, hey, should I do this or should I do that? And whatever they say, I do because they guide the business just as much as I do. Well, and they're also, speaking from a business point of view, they're also the ones who will be purchasing your product or your service. So it is also, I guess, important that they have the say so that you're creating something that is filling the gap that is beneficial to them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you've probably seen those creators or like YouTubers, especially like in the beauty influencer space where they would be like, help me choose which lip kit to wear Mm. or help me choose these two shades of like lip gloss. And then the one that gets the highest votes 
will be like the lip gloss that they put into production for their beauty company. Yeah. The third most important thing or like basic thing when it comes to social media online is I guess like being a constant person and I guess we've kind of touched on this already but the idea is that I don't notice if a company has not posted but what I do notice is when a company or a person goes hey guys sorry I've like been away for like two weeks I was just taking a break now I'm back then I suddenly go like oh were they aware I didn't realize but now like it makes me feel like this isn't important to them or like that I'm not important to them as a customer so just being very wary that it's not about you or your experience or like what you're going through if you take a break that's totally fine if you take a break and it's not a service-based business people don't really need to know that you're taking a break you can always ask a friend to post for you or if you've got the means to you can hire that out now you can also schedule posts so I just think if you're really serious about it there shouldn't be an excuse for not taking out the time to at least put like one post a week while you're away for a bit. I feel personally attacked by this because the (laughs) amount of times like last year, I think maybe a handful of times I'm like, yep, no, I'm going to start, I'm going to post and like nothing happened. So I will start this weekend. (laughs) Well, firstly, I'm sorry. I didn't, this was not a personal attack, (laughs) but I, I have to say that this is like what I would say to myself and not necessarily what I would say out loud to other people because it is kind of harsh, but with some of this, not all of it, some of it is luck and I completely agree some of it is luck, but some of it is like our own efforts. Like if we don't put in the time and the effort, then like can we be mad that it's not growing or can we be mad that like we're not doing extra learning to keep up to date with the trends and then we like worry about Why am I not getting the same amount of output for the input I'm putting in, but then we're not putting in input? I I feel like I butchered that, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the reality of if you don't put anything out there, then you're not going to get anything back. Yeah, I think it just comes down to, and of course, like privilege matters and like where you your experiences matter, the fact that you might look a certain way obviously has an impact, but what we can control is us trying and like falling off the bandwagon constantly is not good for the algorithm instagram like notices that and it cares for it but if it's like damn this girl like really like posts every single day even if it's not good posts it will pick up on that okay so consistency is key yes and when you fall off it is harder to get back on which probably explains why when we fall off it's like It only lasts a couple of days and then we're gone again. Okay, so now I would like to learn from your lessons. You know that saying, learn from my mistakes. And I want to learn from yours, Sim. So what mistakes did you make that we should avoid? Oh, okay. First is responding to all negative comments. Because when Mm. I was starting out, I used to respond to every negative comment that we had. And If you think about it, like from a personal point of view, you're like, let me clear my name. That's not what the post was about. This is what the post meant. But I've just learned that you've kind of got to let it go. If one person leaves a negative comment and the rest are fine, in most cases, I kind of just leave it. I'm like, okay, like out of five people commenting, if one is negative, like I'm not too fussed. If a lot of people, however, are like this post hit, like missed the mark, like X, Y, Z, 
then maybe there is something wrong with the post or the way that it was coming across in which case like definitely acknowledge it but there is no point like you cannot change someone's opinion over a comment in a comment section and so just be very aware that it just looks and gets messy if you're like going back and forth with someone in the comment section yeah and I can see how that would look unprofessional as well especially from a a business perspective you want to remain professional essentially yeah like authentic but professional yeah okay I think the second mistake that I have made that I would like want people to learn from and not have to go through what I went through is just like understanding and making it very clear that you're only going to check the social media of this brand at certain hours of the day it can become very like intoxicating to spend your outside work hours checking it in the same way that you would check your own social media like if I log into my personal account. It is so easy to be like, oh, I wonder how this account is doing. And there ends up being no separation between your work life and your online work. And it just, that's how you burn out. And there's just no point doing it. And it's weird because you feel like you're being productive by checking your socials. But then you are like, wow, I really spent like four hours today just like scrolling on the socials and checking out what other people are doing and feeling bad about myself and like replying to one comment. Like it's just, it becomes a bit of a spiral. Mm. So setting boundaries is very important with, especially if you use social media as a downtime activity as well, would you say? Yeah, Because I definitely do. Yeah. The third mistake that I have made when I would start out, I would follow people in that niche or niche that I really looked up to and I thought were really cool. After a while, I would notice that rather than focusing on my own content, I would just kind of like see what they were doing or if they made an announcement that they were trialing something new and I would be like, oh my God, why didn't I think of that? Like they're so big. Look at all the amazing work they're doing. Instead of using that as motivation as, They are in the same field as me and they're doing so well. That means there is a path for me to succeed as well. Like instead of looking at what they were doing as paving the road ahead for people like me, I used to like feel like there was only so much to go around and that they had a bigger share of the pie and that would then demotivate me and I would be less likely to create content and less likely to be creative And it was just this really negative spiral. And I had to do two things. I had to start saying to myself, if I want this, then them achieving it is proof that I can achieve it too. Mm -hmm. And number two, like muting them if it got too much and just like not checking other people's stories or like posts and just kind of like keeping to myself, logging on just to post, just to check comments and reply to DMs and then logging off and not like, you know, doom scrolling mm. because it used to get to me and I would spend a while not wanting to jump on because I was like, what's the point? I like, I'm not doing very well. And that was a, I think that's like a personal issue. I don't think everyone experiences this, but it would really get to me. I think it's very common on social media. I think it's safe to say that one person at some point has compared themselves to someone on social media and I can definitely see how it would be discouraging for your business something that you're spending so much time on passionate about and then you see these big guns coming up and you're like there's not enough space for me to grow or the market is so saturated so I really appreciate that you spoke about switching your mindset into thinking like 
they are the ones who are paving the way for me and because of their progress I'm able to progress further as well I think that's very helpful I think it needs to happen otherwise I would just be so consumed by what others were doing I would lose focus on myself and I would just be like not motivated to log in because I would just feel so terrible but I was speaking to a woman today actually who was like this amazing founder she's like a Forbes 30 under 30 has her own company started it in her 20s like from my point of view a very successful human that is a very successful human (laughs) right and then she was saying that she would sometimes compare herself and like not feel adequate and I was like that's kind of true like even though she's amazing I'm sure there's someone that you know Mark Zuckerberg achieved more in his 20s than she did like if she's comparing herself to someone like him then yeah sure like she hasn't really achieved much at all if we're looking at like wealth like there'll always be someone that's done more has a bigger company has made more money had more privilege and you'll never be the number one of success because one success is measured in different Mm -hmm. ways but two or in all those different ways someone might have more than you in one area than another so you've just got to compare your success to yourself Mm -hmm. and that's like literally all you can do otherwise it debilitates your growth yeah so basically staying in your lane and focusing your energy on working on your business and helping that to grow and thinking of ways to improve I would say so like I know it sounds really simple and like I hope no one's like rolling their eyes because I'm sure if someone told me like, hey, if you want to grow on social media, don't compare yourself. (laughs) They'd be like, shh, like leave me alone. (laughs) But it would get to a point where it would demotivate me to even try and that's why it was an issue for me. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I have one more partai before we wrap things up. I have one more question. What did you wish you knew before starting? What I wish I knew before starting is that it is life-changing to have your brand go on social media and do well like the amount of people that I have met has elevated my brand more than anything else could like social media besides reaching the people that are part of the community it has allowed me to reach other business owners that are doing other cool things that through the internet I've like I mean, this is terrible, but I've like met up with them and become friends with them. And one of them, I'm going to her place. I'm flying to another country (laughs) to meet someone that I met via Instagram. Mind you, we've been friends for a long time and we've caught up in person before, but she's in Australia and I'm like, "I'm, I'm coming. Yeah. And these people have then like, when opportunities come up, like put my name forward and vice versa. And that's been so helpful. Like a lot of people wonder, how did we get into Forbes and Vogue and a TED talk and a book like all these things have happened because someone's said our name in a room that we weren't in and that's happened through social media. Wow I think that is the perfect place to wrap it up and to also remind us all who find listening to themselves online might be cringy or second guessing their post or anything just to persevere trust in your business and your brand and what you want to get out there and just trust that you can do it you just need to be consistent and trust in yourself and not compare yourself (laughs) it really is and obviously it takes time Mm -hmm. and I, I will like not stress how much luck like plays an impact too but if you can get your ducks in a row you're more likely to get there than not 
Lovely. Well, I feel like that's probably a good place to wrap this episode up. If you're enjoying these Girls That Business episodes, please do let us know. Send us a DM. It would mean the world to us. Leave us a review. It is a new series that we are doing. We are trying to help as many people possible that are interested in making a bit of extra money or completely starting a brand new business. Because as we know, you know, the world is changing and the best way to grow your wealth besides investing is having more capital more money to work with so please let us know how you find this if you've got any topics you want us to cover related to business and side hustles and careers let us know otherwise i'll see you next thursday maya until next time kakite bye bye And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.